This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. And welcome to Bink at Night. Thanks for listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and myself from 6 to 7 as we do each and every Wednesday. Thanks to Ron Cop for joining us on that, talking Kansas City Chiefs, because they are a talking point at this point. Oh, and by the way, uh, good evening to Grant Nicholson once again. Grant, good evening, my friend. What's up, Bink? How are you today? I'm good. Did you enjoy that hour of... Uh, 100% Chiefs talk. Not that we don't do it either, but... Uh, always good to get Pete in studio. I feel like I always learn something and we got Ron on. Always good nuggets in there. Always good nuggets. They work hard. Pete's always got the laptop. He's got stories. He's popping out all around this building doing his deal. He'll go get a sandwich and pop a story out there, too. It's very impressive to watch. It's put up or shut up time now, the Kansas City Chiefs. Grant, have you picked them to win each and every week this season? I know I have. I mean, I haven't really been doing picks, but every single game I would have probably, except for maybe the Bills, I probably would have had them as favorites, yeah. It's one of those It's one of those times, and, and it's getting close here, you know, especially when you get to the Packers, you get the Raiders coming up, you get the Cowboys. It's been very easy. I looked at every game, you know, and I picked the Chiefs to win it. And here's the deal. Buffalo was going to be at home. You know, liquefied crowd. I like the Chiefs in that one. Didn't get I saw last year, Chiefs were 2-0 against the Bills. Against the Ravens, they were 0-3. Lamar was against Patrick Mahomes. I like the Chiefs in that game. To be honest, they should have won that game. I like the Chiefs against Justin Herbert at Arrowhead. Like, where have I gone wrong? I like the Chiefs over the Titans. Because Titans is the same flawed team that lost to the Jets earlier this season. There hasn't been a game where I say, you know, I'm taking the other team. I've been riding with the Chiefs. Vegas has too, riding with the Chiefs, but do I need to stop that, Grant? Do I need to stop the silliness, the madness, and hope that the opposite happens? I mean, I don't think you need to do it this week. Of all the weeks, no, to I'm not stop doing it this week. I'm Chiefs. taking the Chiefs over the Giants. I mean, but going forward, I mean, you have unless they cream the Giants. I think there's certainly question marks about the other teams they're playing. I think the Chiefs are at a point now, really trying to earn the fan base's trust. I think a lot of fans, reasonably, don't believe in the way this season is going at this point. It's not the team they expected to see thus far into the season. And I get it. I get the angst. They haven't played. I I, I don't like it when I see all the, you know, the trashing of the Chiefs as far as, you know, nationally all the trash that they're getting, uh, especially with the offense. Because it's tough to tear apart this offense. I know that was a bad game in Tennessee. But offenses do have bad games. Hell, the Chargers... Two weeks ago, lost 34-6 to the Ravens. A Ravens defense that's given up 500 yards two of the last three weeks. Okay? Aaron Rodgers was beaten 38-3 the first game of the season. Bad offenses or offenses do stall at certain points. 
He was the second most proficient, highest efficient offense going in that, that Texans game. And you look this season, the Chiefs are right there as well. They're sixth in points per drive. They were number one going into Tennessee. Obviously, they dropped. They were at 307, which is an insane rate that they were going into it with. When you look at you know last season, I mean, the season before, the Packers were at 308, just, just a hair above where the Chiefs were last year. It was a good offense, but the turnovers are, you know, putting some shade on what that offense is at this point, and, and it should be, because giveaways, the Chiefs 32nd in the NFL, 17 giveaways, tied for last, minus 10 in the plus-minus category. That stuff will make your offense look bad. And I feel that the, the, the national group, whether the Chiefs flip the TV on or not, are really crushing the Kansas City Chiefs. Is it warranted? Well, at this point it is, but, you know, I hear Michael Irvin talking about, you know, that the, the dynasty's over. And I wasn't sure. They, they, nobody really called this a dynasty at this point. They say it's a very good football team. You go to back-to-back. We've seen the Seahawks do that. They win one, lose one. It's the way it goes. They were very close in the one that they lost. Came down to Malcolm Butler getting an interception for the Patriots. But if you have the quarterback in place, the other parts can be interchangeable with football teams. I still feel like this team will be a threat to go to the Super Bowl each and every year that Mahomes is here. Now, this year, they might come back to the pack. They, if they don't make a run at the division, is this going to be a regrouping and, and a pissed-off Chiefs team that you have next season? I thought we were going to get that pissed team coming into this season after what happened to them in the Super Bowl. I thought that's the team we were going to get, Grant. And I thought that at Washington, and I, the funny thing about that Washington game is, you know, made a big deal of it last week. You know, Andy Reid says enough's enough. You know, after the game with the turnovers and everything, the Chiefs went out and played a good half of football. But that should have been the mindset going into that Washington game. I always felt that that should have been the mindset going into that game. We can't do this. And then they go and turn it over against Tennessee. They were doing a lot of the same mistakes you've seen earlier this season with the fumbles, the interceptions. You know, Mahomes wasn't his best at that point. But I always felt like they were pushing that to the the wayside, right? Enough's enough, right? Isn't that what they're saying? Enough is enough. But it wasn't enough. After that week. So the national media is having a lot of fun with the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, everywhere you turn, everywhere you turn, there, there's people firing on the Kansas City Chiefs. Take this uh, Michael Irvin, Dan Orlovsky. It's Irvin starting out, then it's Dan Orlovsky. This is ESPN on first take. And Irvin brings up the dynasty talk, which really haven't heard that yet because you, you do have to prove it that you can be a dynasty. Again, the Patriots went 10 years in separation from when they won a Super Bowl in the early 2000s to when they won in 2015. What they're going through right now is the reality that nobody's scared anymore. Sure. And you walk in a game, you think you're still that old team, and you think you're just going to shake it off and, and, and go back to killing people and dictating from an officer standpoint, because that's what they've been doing for years. They've dictated to off to defenses, this is what we're going to do. We'll make you do this and then tear you up. And they no longer can do that. And I'm going to tell you something. Every game you go in, I don't care that you are no longer the same team. Every game you go in, they're still going to say, well, these are the Super Bowl. They went back-to-back Super Bowls. That's right. what we're playing. So now you got to match that intensity when you have all the doubt that you have. I remember Dion coming in that room one day when we were talking. We had just lost another game. And he said, like, we got to do something about it. I looked at him. I said, time. It's over. Yeah. The dynasty is over. That dynasty right now as we know it for Kansas City Chiefs, it's over. They will not get to the playoffs. 
this year. Nobody's even talking about their schedule. They can come out of these next four games going into the bye at one and three. They can lose these next four. They, they, they got a tough their next schedule four? coming up. They got New York. Then they got Green Bay, Las Vegas, and Dallas. They can lose all yeah, three of those games. That yeah. is a gauntlet. That's one and four before the bye. This is over for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I don't know if they can get it back. I'll answer your question. Right now, Patrick Mahomes is not the best quarterback in football. He is still the most talented the best player. Talent, right, we're talking about playing. But he and is gifts. not the best quarterback playing in football right now. He's things. not even playing top five right, right now. I agree. Right. Stephen A. You know what offensive line has given up the most pressures in football this year? The Kansas City Chiefs. Right. So if we're going to sit here and say they are going to fix the things that they're not doing well, it will start with the offensive line. It can't. They're not playing good football. Right, right. Their left tackle's not playing good. He's not a pass-blocking offensive lineman. He came from Baltimore in a run-blocking scheme. Their right tackle has been getting beat by like a drum all year. <laughs> the you. interior has been incredibly inconsistent. Right. Miko Hardman cannot be the guy that pulls the Chiefs out of mistakes. CEH right. is not going to be the guy that pulls them out of mistakes. If you think that they're just going to flip the switch and stop with the penalties and stop with the takeaways, that's not, good. But that's I'm not, not buying that. See, and Dan Orlovsky keeps talking about the penalties, and I'm with you. They had nine penalties against Tennessee. But throughout, really through the first five weeks, the Chiefs were 27-28 in penalties, bottom third in the NFL. Now they've creeped up with the nine, had 44 penalties on the year, 13th in the NFL. They're still bottom half in penalty yards, or 17th in penalty yards given up. And again, you've got to fix this because it would have been much worse had they been highly penalized like they have been. Two years ago, they were number one in penalties in the NFL. Last year, they averaged six and a half penalties per game. They're, they're a highly penalized team. Now, with the turnovers and penalties, if that was the combination so far, they'd have more losses than what they do now. I think they were able to keep their heads above water, win a few football games because the penalties were down for this football team. Now they're not. But the bottom line is, is that was some vitriol, man. That was like a, a, angry. Look, Irvin Orlovsky sounded angry. Why do you get angry? Now, here's the thing. Yes, the Chiefs have a tough schedule coming up past the Giants. When you get the Packers and Cowboys and Raiders thrown in that mix, it's tough. But again, the Chiefs should be able to handle that. Now, they haven't so far. And I've heard people talk, well, they had close losses. Well, they, they played good teams. They've lost the Bills. It's a good football team. You lose to the Ravens. They, 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 they've uh, proven themselves good, except this last week. They've been a good football team. Tennessee, they look like a good football team. You know, they're sitting there with five wins on the season, good football team. But again, the Chiefs are supposed to beat those teams because the Chiefs have to find a way to beat those good teams. And they're right in front of them. Like, they can change the perception. They really can. They go on a run here, they can change the perception to where the talking heads on the national shows all of a sudden, well, what's, what's going on with the Chiefs? They're looking pretty good lately. You know, Mahomes still right now at this point, third in the NFL in touchdown passes. He was right at number one until last week happened. You know what, fourth in yards in the NFL? I mean, he's got the capability to do it. We all know he can with this offense, but I, I'm telling you, man, people like to build you up, and once you've been built up, they love to tear you down. They love to tear you. We've seen this so many times in sports. So many times, great teams, you start getting beat. Patriots went through this, right? Patriots went through this. 2014, Bill Belichick, famous quote, on to Cincinnati. Why? Because the Chiefs just blasted them 41 to 14. And then they turned their season around. Then in 2000, and then they won the Super Bowl, by the way, that year. 2018, they started off 1-2. and two, Losing to the Lions 26-10. to 10. They come back, they win the Super Bowl. Again, they love to tear you down once you've been built up. And the Chiefs are going through it now. Now, I am curious how they respond. 
How do you respond when everybody is so down on you? Because the only way you can go is up. Because right now the expectations are low from the people talking about it, talking about your team, especially the defense, the offense, the turnovers that they're talking about. You know, they don't talk about it when they when Mahomes throws five touchdowns. They don't talk about that now. They love to see him struggle. They're, they're taking great uh, relief in the Chiefs struggling at this point. Chiefs got to look at it as them against the world at this point. Them against the world at this point, yeah, they're still getting the love, still getting the point spreads by Vegas. Vegas still loves the Chiefs. But they themselves, they got to have a little pride. This is where pride kicks in. This is where pride kicks in. Like the Giants, they know what they're facing. Because this is what Washington felt like. Oh, no. Here come the Chiefs after the Bills. Here come the Chiefs after getting blasted. They going to take it out on us? Like the Giants right now are thinking the Chiefs at home, liquefied crowd, primetime, Monday night football, the Manning cast. You got Peyton and Eli breaking your stuff down. Backs against the wall. We'll see how they respond. Because I consider this a huge how are you going to respond type of game. I agree. I mean, it can't be anything but that. But they do love to tear you down. I mean, wasn't it Aaron Rodgers that famously said, relax, after the, he was getting some heat when the, the Packers started slow? Well, maybe you've seen it everywhere. We saw it with Tiger yeah, Woods. You've seen it time. with everybody. People love to tear you down. Johnny Manziel went through this, remember? After his hot shot year, beat Alabama, wins the Heisman Trophy. Everybody talking Johnny. Then here comes the downfall. And the Chiefs are going to go. Loved it. They're not going to go fourteen and two every year. I mean, it's just not the reality. Now it's a bad start to the year, not something that they expected. But like, they want to hit the reset button. I mean, this is a team that wants to hit the reset button. And they've had to. They've done the hardest part, right? Getting Patrick Mahomes. It's the hardest so, part in sports. It's the identifying that quarterback. So at least they have that for the next ten years. They can mix and match, and I'm sure they'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, and for the people, hey, this is why teams passed on him. Blah blah. blah. You know, this is what they're saying about Patrick. Well, he's 26. He's been the two straight Super. Every year he started, he's gone to the conference title game. That's insanity. Two straight Super Bowls. In years two and three as being a starter in the NFL. And oh, by the way, the first year starting, he won the MVP of the entire league. He's got an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP. He's 26. And he's getting ready to start that 10-year contract. The hardest thing in sports is identifying that quarterback the Chiefs already have. That that's good news. Now, you got to figure out the rest. You get you get the second biggest cap hit right now with your defense and the way they're performing. You don't like that. There is some issues that we we don't like with the Kansas City Chiefs. There's no question on that. But the Kansas City Chiefs continue to make noise, and uh, everybody likes talking about them. But I've always said that the fear factor's not there anymore with this team. And I think there's a little something to it. Plus, the big home run for Alex Gordon's big anniversary day. We'll have Josh uh, Vernier, our Royals insider, talking World Series and about that Alex Gordon home run against Familia. We're the six-year anniversary, Grant. I like doing the anniversary games with the Royals. I like good news. I like good news, things that happen. You remember where you were. We already did the anniversary with the Houston Astros. They come back in the eighth. Where were you when the Royals scored? It was in the afternoon. Most people were doing things. We had a guy. Text in, he was there, or call in, he was that getting oil. He said, you know, screw it, I'm going to go get an oil change. And then all of a sudden the Royals come back, and he goes right back to the bar. Like, that's the kind of stuff I like. We'll talk about that stuff and more next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And welcome back to Big Night, Jay Binkley, Green Nicholson. You going to be diving into some sporting Kansas City tonight? I was about to say, I'm just about to look that up, trying to find it on the, on the TV in here. You okay. got it on the TV in there? I do. Okay. I do. It's an important game tonight. Huh? We're about 7.30, 7.55. Which one is it? 7.30? It's 7.55 is when the game starts. LA Galaxy? Yeah. We'll talk to Josh Vernier in about 10 minutes. Anniversary date of Gordon's home run in the World Series. And, of course, World Series talk as well with Josh Vernier. will break away from the Chiefs. For just a second, Mark Ross, who's been uh, on this show several different times, and uh, he works at NFL Network, former front office guy with the New York Giants. Now, I have called Patrick Mahomes text tech Pat, not because of you know his play on the field or turnovers or anything like that, because of the need to always score, because he had the worst scoring defense in college football, and the, the need was always to, for him to score and score points. He had a different outlook on Texas Tech Patrick Mahomes on NFL Network. Here's Mark Ross. Everyone knows Patrick Mahomes now as the great Patrick Mahomes, but this version that we're seeing now is what caused scouts and personnel people so much confusion and angst when he was coming out of Texas Tech. You see the brilliance now, but you also see the mistakes. And at Texas Tech, this Chiefs team is kind of similar to that, where the defense is terrible now with Kansas City. Texas Tech didn't have a defense. The offensive line is struggling now despite the offseason addition. Texas Tech, same sort of things. Outside of Kelsey and Hill, not a lot of playmakers are in that Chiefs offense that you would think. Same thing at Texas Tech. So what you see, and Mahomes even uh, admitted it, every play was a 14-point play. Everything's a 14-point play that he's trying to make. That's what you saw with him at Texas Tech. Everything was spectacularly good or sometimes spectacularly bad. And that's why you couldn't really evaluate him to know exactly what he's he was going to be. Now you know the Patrick Mahomes, the MVP, the greatest quarterback of all time. So you know that's in there. But at the time he was coming out, you didn't know if he could overcome a lot of those mistakes and those spectacular plays that he made that led to big plays. Now he's doing that for positive uh, his first couple years. Now they're turning negative almost like they did then. I would expect him to break out. 
Uh, the Kansas City defense, that's another story. But I would expect Mahomes to go back to the Mahomes we've seen the past couple years, not this version of himself or the one that we saw out of Texas Tech. See, I disagree there because I think Texas Tech is what made him a great draft pick. And I know when he was drafted, a lot of people look back at it and say, well, they didn't win at Texas Tech. But again, Cliff Kingsbury had no defense at Texas Tech. There was only there's 130 Division One teams now. There was 128 when Mahomes was at Texas Tech, and they had the 128th worst defense scoring defense out of 128 teams. See, I think this is the reason why you draft him. When you have a defense that kept giving up points every single time, and Grant, you saw him. It's your days at K State. You know that this Texas Tech was always going to be a formidable opponent with their offense, but their defense, you knew you were going to score. You were going to get in shootouts because of a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, there was a game I know in Manhattan where the Cats were up two or three scores. I don't know, it's like five minutes left. And they ended up taking him down to the wire. The game went down to like the final 30 seconds because he scored like two or three scores right at the end of that ball game. Yeah, I mean, you can't compare talent at Texas Tech to what it is in the NFL, but I think this was the biggest lure for him. The fact that you had that need, that pressing need, to get points on the football all the time. And Kiki QT was there. Now he's been, he was, well, he was okay his first couple of years in the NFL, but, you know, the second leading receiver on that team. It was an NFL, at least wide receiver at that point. Uh, you can't look at it this year because he's got one catch for, I think, for five yards with the Colts. But Kiki QT was on that team. He had 40 catches, what, 400 yards last year in Houston. He was on that team. So he did have an NFL wide receiver on that team. But I always like because of the mindset of he has to go out and score touchdowns every single time. He was at Texas Tech. I don't look at it as a downfall because he had – you talk about pressing. That's what he did at Texas Tech. It was pressing to score touchdowns every time he was on the football field. And that's how I looked at it, and that's why I thought he'd be a good fit here in Kansas City. I mean, you looked at him the first year. You know, he lost the game when he scored over 50 points against the Rams. That reminded me of Texas Tech Pat because he always had to score touchdowns when he was on the field – that's the way the defense was his first year here in Kansas City won the MVP because he's always he's never had like a dominant defense. Like how good would he be with the dominant defense? How good would he be like the like the Bills? When the Chiefs played the Bills, their number one scoring offense, number one scoring defense at the point. Like what would Mahomes even do with a top 10 defense that put him on the field more where he didn't have to press? Again, he's not used to this. You probably have to go back to his high school days at White House. And they even, I think, gave up some points defensively when he was back in high school. But he's never had it. Like, Texas Tech never had a defense. And really, he's been searching for one here in Kansas City, and I found one good enough to win a Super Bowl because they gave up a point less per drive back in 2019 than what they're doing here. But that's who I want. I want a guy where things weren't easy. You want a guy that wants to have the mentality he needs to score every time. It served him well early on in his career. He was like the perfect fit for the Chiefs when he got here because they were giving up mad points. You know, he was losing when he scored over 40. He was losing when he scored over 50. Again, give Mahomes a top 10 defense, and what would happen? Like, hopefully the Chiefs, throughout this contract to Patrick Mahomes, realize that you put a good defense out there, get a solid running game. Just City offensive line, obviously, if you, you work on the left side there with Brown, I do think this offensive line is a great foundation for the future with the Chiefs, especially on the inside, because this is going to be the same offensive line he's going to have until he's in his until he hits 30 years old, Patrick Mahomes, unless they, they move on from Orlando Brown, which they could do. But Creed Humphrey, Tony, uh, Tooney, 
and uh, Trey Smith, they're all going to be here. Not sure what they're going to do at the tackle positions. That's still up in the air. I know they really like Lucas Niang to some extent. Uh, he did, was a starter for this team. Now he's quoting the learning process for this team. But what could he do with the defense? How good would he be? What would the quarterback rating be with that Patrick Mahomes having a defense? I've always wanted to know that answer. But coming up next, we'll relive a moment tonight, six years ago, with Josh Vernier. Plus, we'll look at the World Series, get his thoughts on that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air. Some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. He didn't need the win. Six years ago tonight, I would ask our next guest where he was, but I know where he was. He was in the press box at Kauffman Stadium and talking to you all. I would say, hey. This is a great moment. But Vern, Josh Vernier joins us now, our Royals insider. But we were desensitized to the Royals doing this, you know, in 14, 13 to some extent, 14. This is kind of how they rolled, man. Yeah, but I'm not going to sit here uh, six years later and say that I was expecting Alex Gordon to ambush that offering from, from Familia. Uh, no, man, I, I thought the Royals were dropping that game. I thought Eric Hosmer's error at first base, which was so shocking from a gold glove first baseman, I thought that error was going to be the reason why they dropped game one. I still thought they would win the series, but I I, I didn't see that coming. And, and, and that, to me, is you know one of the greatest moments in, 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 in my sports life, being lucky enough to be there. Yeah, you, you never forget something like that. Where would you rank that as far as Royals moments that you've seen in person, whether it's the Mad Dash home from Hosmer, that home run from Gordon, obviously very important to come back in Houston in the eighth inning. I mean, there's been a lot of moments. Where would you kind of put that one? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind, my probably number one moment is uh, Salvi's hits in the wild card game. Number two would probably be Hosmer's triple in the wild card game mm-hmm. and that ferocious fist pump that he gave standing on third base. So I think the wild card game, which is the greatest baseball game I've ever seen, probably takes the top two spots. Um, man, I, you know, I, I then want to go to Hosmer's mad dash and then Gordon's home run. But man, I, I don't know how much uh, Hosmer's mad dash and Gordo's home run, even Wade Davis, game six against the Blue Jays in the ALCS. I don't know if those moments happen, if Eric Hosmer and Mike Moustakis' home runs in game one and two, respectively, of the ALDS in Anaheim don't happen. Uh, let's remember, the wild card game, fantastic. Uh, but the Royals get that. 
uh, extra inning uh, win in Anaheim, and then another one in Anaheim in Game 2, all thanks to, sure, some great defense from Lorenzo Cain and Nori Aoki, but because of just gigantic home runs from Mike Moustakis in Game 1, then Eric Hosmer in Game 2, remembering that Mike Moustakis had a horrible regular season, uh, but to have that moment in Game 1 against the Angels, uh, those two really catapulted them all the way to the World Series, those two home runs. So I think those have to be uh, maybe top three, and then you start looking ahead to 2015, and you start talking about the Astros and Correa booting it. And Man, I could talk all night about that. I'm sorry, I'm already taking No, I'm, no I think it's fun because we all have memories. I mean, you think about the Royals, they gave us so many different mom- memories, so many parts of time that we look yeah. back on. And, you know, I brought you on to talk about the comeback in Houston on the anniversary. This one, I thought, okay, this would be perfect, too, with Gordon. But, all right, so they, they lose it in seven, the Mad Bum in 14. You get to 15, and you know the window's closed in this league. The Royals are doing things that teams in small markets don't do. I mean, they were – and you know that you were going to have to pay the piper at some point with these players like Moose and Haas, and you knew they were going to get their paydays at some point. So you weren't sure you know, how long they could keep this run going. At least I wasn't thinking that. All right, so your mentality with the New York Mets, you know, they, they had a deficit until that home run by Gordon. Did you still – like, were you still positive on the Royals for a seven-game series? Or were you like, man, you dropped game one at home. This going to be tough. No, and you remember, you were there as well. Yep. Uh, you, you never doubted that team. I, again, the, the only time, and we've talked about this, the only time I really doubted them was uh, in Houston um, up until that comeback and, and Correa booting it and Hosmer's home run to cap it off. That was the only time, time I ever doubted uh, the Royals in, in 2015 because it, the, the moment I showed up in spring training, it was evident uh, that these guys wanted to they, – they were out for blood. It, it was fairly simple. If you step on a diamond against us and you want to face us, we're going to punish you. We're going to embarrass you. We're going to uh, dominate you over a three-game series, a four-game wraparound series, or a seven-game playoff series. Uh, never concerned about them throughout the regular season, even when they had that September swoon that had some people concerned. Never worried. Uh, yeah, outside of that moment in Houston, um, now Toronto was never really concerned about the Blue Jays. Uh, and the Mets, even, even if you lose game one, uh, the, the pitching, the, the Royals' pitching was so very good, albeit I understand that you know you, you were going to have to face DeGrom again and Harvey and Syndergaard, and I, I, I know how great that Mets rotation was, but the Royals' pitching staff was just so much uh, deeper than what the Mets had, and, and their offense, to be quite honest, was a lot deeper of professional hitters, guys that were willing to leave their ego in the clubhouse and allow the scoreboard to dictate their plate appearance fast forward Vern to October 31st that same year it was game five or it's game four in New York excuse me it was on Halloween back in uh, 2015 it was in a press conference room before the game I was there you were sitting there and I asked uh, Eric Cosmer I said do you ever like think about your place in history with this group of guys you're with you know with Perez and Gordon and in Moose because we look at that 85 team you know with with Brett McRae and and with Brett Saberhag, and you think that crew, and they'll ever be popular here in Kansas City, probably don't even have to buy a beer in this town. But for years, radio stations and TV stations would 
you know, grapple towards those guys. Bring those guys on to relive the memories. Like Buddy Biancolana. You know, I've done that a million times myself. And I asked him, I said, Shout you know, out, Buddy. Shout out, Buddy. Yeah, shout out, Buddy. Because he's always been great with his time. But I asked him, do you feel that, you know, in 10, 15, 20 years or whatever, how you guys will be remembered in this town? And I remember his answer. He said, you know, we haven't really thought about that at this point. But let's be honest. Going forward, it doesn't matter what Moose does, Hosmer does. Uh, I think people have kind of, you know, only remember the good times with Alex Gordon at this point. But that group of guys, I feel, not sure how you feel, will always be remembered in this town positively, no matter where they end up in their career. Yeah, and something that I've observed from uh, big leaguers over over the years in their career, um, they always understand to a certain – they understand the life that they're living, obviously being a professional ball player and seeing different uh, fans come out and, and, and sing their praises and then tell them how great they are from afar. Uh, but there are moments in a career like that that kind of change your perspective. Um, whenever you listen to a, a player talk about the championship parade, uh, that always seems to hit them a little bit different when they're able to see an entire city shut down and show up for them, uh, and they're able to see how many lives they touch. I think that's important. And then if indeed they do leave and return, uh, the way that they're treated, especially here in Kansas City, I think that has another uh, kind of a jarring impact. I remember when Mike Moustakis uh, made his return, even though it was uh, last year and there were no fans in the stands, um, the way that the organization showed their appreciation, the way that us in the media, the way that we, I remember asking Mike Moustakis about uh, something similar to what you're discussing. I asked Moose about uh, you know, returning a hero, you know, regardless of, of how you're hitting with Cincinnati, when you're in Kansas City, you are a hero. And, you know, you could see him get emotional when, when, when thinking about those, those moments. So to me, uh, and I and I do think it is uh, somewhat different in 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 a city like Kansas City, um, and this is something that you have, and I have talked about for years. And why uh, managers and general managers seek out Kansas City because it, it, it's uh, fan bases like this that truly show their appreciation for life. It's not what have you done for me lately, and then we get angry at you and forget about you. No, like you just discussed. Alex Gordon will forever be a hero uh, because of what he brought this city in 2015. So, yeah, George Brett talking about the championship parade, Mike Moustakas talking about the return. Man, when Eric Hosmer comes back, I think that kind of ovation is going to be second to none. We've seen Lorenzo Cain get countless uh, standing ovations. Hell, even Zobras did. Right. Yeah, and it's always going to be like that, and it should always be like that. Josh Vernier will have a uh, – it's called the Royals uh, Baseball – Vern's Royals Bonanza on November 9th. He's actually going to steal my airtime for three hours to talk about the 2021 season. Looking ahead to 2022, so make sure you're, you're tuned in on Tuesday, November 9th, 6 to 9 p.m. That is a Tuesday night, isn't it, Vern? I'm it just, is, 6 uh, to 9, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Front yeah. office, uh, the guys on the dime will have it all. Yeah, Vern, Vern, six to nine, all Royals. I know you guys are jonesing uh, for the season already. Vern, let's, let's fast forward here or just look ahead here to the World Series. 1-1 game in this one, Braves over Astros. 
I've told you, I, I, you know, I was trying to find a rooting interest, and I picked the Atlanta Braves because of rooting interest, and there's no ill will, Kansas City and Atlanta and all that, but I could find, you know, a rivalry that existed between Houston and what White Sox were this season. Do you find yourself in the same trap I've been in with the Atlanta Braves, or are you hoping that maybe Dusty Baker can win one with Houston? Yeah, I'd like to see Dusty get one and Granky get one. Um, so I, I, I'm not really rooting either way. I just want a good game. And, uh, you know, it, it's I, I, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the postseason. Um, but then again, you know, I, I'm not the kind of uh, baseball fan that goes in and out. I'm, I'm locked in. You're locked in throughout the season. Uh, but as far as a rooting interest, I, I, I think it's impossible. You know, if you're not already interested in the World Series, I, I don't believe that you can really make up a rooting interest. I know a lot of people on social media are acting as if they're rooting for the Braves because they don't like the Astros. Well, the numbers say they're not watching, so I'm not going to pay attention to what social media says. <laughs> you, um, you can't. Right? I mean, you can't. Either you Everything like is trash and blah, blah, blah. This isn't. Look. This isn't the NBA. This isn't the NFL. Uh, the NFL is king storyline. Every I mean, Binkley. I, I, I'm watching Sports Center today. The, the the number one Sports Center. I think you know five o'clock. Watching Sports. Were they crushing the Chiefs again? Yeah, it starts with the Chiefs, <laughs> and then they start talking about Deshaun Watson, and then they it was they talked about Mark Ingram. <laughs> being traded to the Saints. Oh, yeah, 3.2 yards a carry. Good one, yeah. Yeah, before they brought up the World Series. So, look, I understand where baseball is. Either you're interested or not, so I'm not going to pretend as if people, uh, you know, will get interested in this game because they don't like the Astros. I I think most sports fans have moved on. But you know what I will say? We we did have the Dodgers and and some drama there, moments with, with them, but there's been a lot of blowouts in this postseason, Especially the ALCS. I mean, it. I mean, drawing interest and grabbing people's attention. You really haven't had those moments lately. Well, but that's but, but that's baseball. It's it, you know sometimes you have a bad pitcher or a team offensively goes cold. Um, you, you can't have four hour baseball games. I really don't want to do this. I don't want to sit here and talk about uh, the issues with baseball. But oh, I like four hour games, Vern, because I can get home and still watch it. That's true, but you know I have ideas, and, and I have uh, drastic changes I would make to the game, um, and one of them is all games are now seven innings. Uh, let's, let's just stop trying to act as if we can make a nine-inning baseball game go quickly. Sure, put the pitch clock in. Give them 15 seconds in between. It, it's, it, it's not going to change. Um, you, you, have to dra- you have to change the game in my opinion, top to bottom, uh, to keep up with the Joneses. But I, I, I don't know if that's going to happen, and, the, and Major League Baseball is just going to continue to see the gap between itself, uh, football, and basketball continue to grow. Well, there's a couple things that really amaze me with, with this, especially with the Braves. I mean, losing Acuna, I mean, dude had 72 oh. runs on July 10th and 24 bombs, and yet they're here. They're here without their best player. It just shows you baseball kind of a team deal. It really is because there's their brightest star hurt for the season. Charlie Morton's got a broken leg through three innings and still pitches. I mean, there's still, we still got our moments, Vern. And the thing that has helped me uh, 
make some money on a few bets here and there is just, you know, I've, I've often heard people when they talk about the 2015 Royals, they often talk about that rotation as if it was just a bunch of bums, as if it was a, a very good lineup, a legendary bullpen, and then just some throwaway starting pitchers. Man, Volquez, Cueto, and Jordano uh, are, are all-stars, uh, Cy Young Award winner, possibly plural if, if Jordano was still with us. They had some studs in that rotation. The, the Braves, uh, Max Fried and Ian Anderson, uh, for being as young as they are, uh, these guys have thrown a lot of postseason innings. They've been in a lot of big spots, and the composure, uh, the tempo, uh, the command of the strike zone that those two show, uh, boy, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch Max Fried. Uh, they're going to ride him, I'm imagining, tonight. And then Ian Anderson, a guy that looks a lot like uh, Paul McCartney did when he laid down Let It Be, uh, <laughs> is, is a very consistent strike throw. He really I'm does. Really watching the both of them. He really does. 1-1, one, one, bottom of the second here, 1-1 one, one Braves in Houston. I, I would say if Houston drops this game, they're going to lose. But I remember a couple years ago when they faced the Washington Nationals and the, the road team won every single game. Yeah, with, with that offense, Think they got the batting champion hitting six. They have uh-huh. the guy that led Major League Baseball in weighted runs created. They got him hitting fifth. Uh, they're, they're, that Astros lineup is the best in baseball. And, 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 and as we saw with the Dodgers, um, with, without Max Muncy, without Justin Turner, I don't know if there is an offense that can really stand toe-to-toe with what the Astros are throwing. And we saw Jorge Soler hit a home run last night. Uh right there in the first inning leading off. Jorge Soler, the leadoff hitter in that game, and they moved him down the lineup tonight. I think he's hitting like sixth uh, tonight. But uh, the pocket was still out, and that's that's when he's at his best. Yeah, moving him down, facing a, a righty tonight. Yeah. Game one, going up against the lefty, and boy, oh boy, you saw that murderous swing from Jorge Soler that – Often saw him on one knee at Kauffman Stadium, but uh, thankfully because he is, um, by all accounts and every interaction I had with him, um, a very nice guy, very happy to see him trotting around the bases last night. Who's your uh, favorite MLB player to talk to, Vern? Non-Royals. Favorite non-Royals. I know you had a great conversation with Todd Frazier once. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Zach Greinke is the first name that, that comes to my mind. Uh, Zach Greinke. Was you had a conversation name. with Greinke. Did you get something out of it, though? Uh, no, but I, I put one on a tee for him <laughs> to make fun of me back when uh, he was with Milwaukee and I was covering the Brewers back then. Yeah, I was just wondering because uh, you got to be good at interviewing if you get some from Zach. So I was just curious. Just curious yeah, what well, you did. I, w- I was young. I was younger than I am, obviously, and uh, a lot dumber than I am now. So no, I didn't get too much from him. Yeah, you're not dumb, Vern. Don't, don't forget Royals, uh, Vern's Royals Bonanza. Did you ever eat a Bonanza when they had them? Or Western eat one? Yeah, Bonanza was a restaurant. I'm just asking you if you ever eat a Bonanza because Western. Never heard of it. Are you never serious? It. Are you serious? No, I've heard of the television show. I've never. They didn't have those up in Michigan. But remember Western Sizzling, that kind of thing? I mean, we're talking like, I mean, maybe the Golden Corral was around at, at that point, but. We didn't have either of those, man. I'm from a, I'm from the backwoods of Michigan. Detroit didn't even have any? But Ponderosa, Bonanza, the steakhouse? Yeah, we had Ponderosa. Oh, All right, I think that's. Uh, man, load up a plate with chicken wings 
And pizza? Yeah, that was me as a kid at Ponderosa. Yeah, I thought it was Bonanza and Ponderosa. I just Googled it. To date, the current count of Bonanza and Ponderosa restaurants is 64. With and location. RIP yeah. Ponderosas. I yeah. Mean, I, 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 yeah, I have to imagine the pandemic has uh, made them shut down worldwide, right? Well, there's been this one close to me, Vern. Up the, it's, like a, it's like a funeral home now. Not, not before, it was like before, it's been that way for like 10 years or even longer where it was a former, like one of these uh, buffet restaurants. It's a funeral yeah, home now. I'm going to go eat some chicken wings in, uh, in memory of Ponderosa. All right, Vern, you go do that. Don't forget Royals uh, or Vern's Royals Bonanza on November 9th. Thanks, Vern. All right, buddy. Take care. Josh Vern, you're right there. We'll take a break. We come back. I want to know where, <laughs> where Grant was because I always like asking these questions about that night. Text line 913-576-7610. How did you feel when Alex Gordon went Yahtzee on the Mets? This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Well, the Astros have opened up a 4-1 lead now over the Braves. We're going to have another snoozer tonight in the World Series. I know Vern's trying to find the majesty in each game, but I do think there's been a bit of a scoring problem. Although people like you like soccer a ton, Grant. I'm fine. I like watching sporting play, but there's not a lot of scoring, right? I like soccer, too, because it's contained. I know how long a soccer match is going to take. Unless there's extra time, and then it's like Yeah, but then minutes. it's a cup match, and you're ready for it. Like, a regular season game is going to last two hours. Sporting play in LA Galaxy right now. All right, you know, I so I looked up where if there's... Evidently, at some point, Ponderosa Bonanza, it's got the same logo, right? I think they're owned by the same people. You know what? I look at this, this this bubble chart of where they're at. Like the state of Michigan, and shame on Vern, because the state of Michigan like has the biggest concentration of these things where, where Vern's from, right? A lot of there, it's an east of the Mississippi thing, you know. West Virginia, Virginia, you know they've got the Ponderosa slash Bonanzas. This used to be, you know, like in, there's always been like genres. Remember, like in the '80s, there was the Fall Guy, the '80s. Well, you don't remember, Grant. What am, I, what am I thinking here? But you had you had the genres of the, uh, you know, the Fall Guy, those type of uh, Riptide. You had those kind of Miami Vice. I mean, you had the, you know, guys out looking for the bad guys and type movies. Well, there was a run on buffet restaurants there for a while. So like Golden Crowd, Bonanzas. The I even dated an okra girl at one point that, that served the okra at one of these places. The Western Sizzling days. Did you date her just because she was the okra girl? She smelled like okra. <laughs> but I didn't like that, actually. No, you thought that was it was too much okra? Yeah, a little That's... bit. The hint of okra got to me at some point. <laughs> but her dad had season tickets, so I, like, you know, continued it. To the Chiefs. I think you've told me about this relationship yeah, and how it ended. Yeah, it was a football deal, you know. <laughs> it was a football romance, fall romance, you know. But it lasted each fall. But the Golden Corral, I'm, I'm a big fan of these places. And I, a lot of them, I haven't been forever. I was going to so say, I, when was the last time you went? I well, think the last time I went was like a decade ago. I used to like going to Mavericks games, and then you'd go to the Golden Corral and try and buy it. Because it is a Disneyland of food. I mean, there's something for everybody. But I don't know what they did during COVID times. Like, I'm not sure. Because I didn't, I don't, I'm trying to lose weight, man. All right, I don't go to those places anymore. Because you stuff yourself at these places. Because you feel not like not a lot wanna... of portion control at the Golden no, Corral. No, there's not because you feel like you need to get your money's worth, right? So you're like throwing down a salad, but then again, you're throwing down steak and you're throwing down taco, pizza. You're throwing down everything 
So the salad really doesn't matter. It's like saying you're on a diet and you go to a fast food restaurant, get a double cheeseburger. Oh, but you're mixing in the Diet Coke to feel better about yourself. The Diet Coke is worse for you sometimes because they put all sorts of weird chemicals in it to take just, away from the well, sugar. Well, whatever, man. I don't, no, I'm, that's what I'm just saying. I'm not gonna, it's a I'm, false equivalent. All right, well, I'm not here to hammer on diet soft drinks, but I'm just saying if you really want to do it, go get a salad and a diet drink. That's actually probably pretty good for you. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm just guessing here. Don't look at me. I've never paid attention to what I've eaten a single day in my life. Just been garbage from the moment I started to the moment I'm, I'm just, at now. I'm just saying. I remember when Waffle House had all you could eat two days. And the Waffle House is still in existence. It's still my favorite place to go, to be quite honest with you. But I remember when they did this kind of thing. Like the all you can eat, you can grab anything you want on the menu. It was like 11 bucks or something. But you can get anything you want. Waffles, hash browns, didn't matter, 11 bucks. That sounds like a lot. I just remember my high school days, man. That sounds like a lot. It was a lot of fun. There was no question about it. It was a lot of fun. But that's enough of that. But that's uh, where my favorite place is. Where were you on that night? Because I was at the ballpark when Gordon hit it. But we were on a hell of a run with the Royals. I mean, they, they went all the way in 2013 to Chicago, the final series of the year before they were, quote, officially eliminated. The 14 gave us a ton of fun. You know, they rolled through the playoffs, get to game seven of the World Series. Then 2015, they were going to cash it in. They get all the way to the World Series. And they're down four to three. Then Gordon comes through and ties it at four to four. But we get desensitized to those moments, at least I did, because this is just what the Royals did. They were never out of a game. Like I thought of the Chiefs at times. They're never out of a game. That's what they were for the last couple of years, the Chiefs were. I was at, uh, I was a sophomore in college. I was yeah, because last time you were a sophomore in college, right? And you, yep. you tried to get your teacher to let you out to go watch the game. So yep. it's so, a night game, so you were home. I was a sophomore in college. We were at my, I went to my buddy's, uh, they had a house. They were renting a house. And we watched most of the games there. I was actually getting ready to leave. I was like, it's over. Got to get out of here. And then he hit it. Obviously, you stick around. Yeah, you stick around. It's fun. And then your teacher maybe lets you start watching him again. Because we've already been over this. They I mean, obviously... I wasn't paying attention when the games were on anyways to the lectures. I would, like, bring him stream on my laptop or something. But they did not let you out of that Houston game, which I cannot forget. I mean, that is, they should have let you out for that. It's a big moment. Those are the moments you can remember. I don't, I mean, even, you don't even know what class that was. I have you know no what teacher, idea what professor you, that was. But you remember the run the Royals were on. Absolutely. Yeah, so I digress. remember that forever. Back to the Kansas City Chiefs. Teddy Bridgewater said something today with Denver. I think they can apply here. We'll discuss that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 